You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, guys, I don't know about you, but I feel like I can guarantee that folks will have as much fun listening to this podcast as Kodak Black did at the Florida Panthers game the other night. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. That's Matt and Alex. Um... Really boring week because we don't have Seth Jarvis or Steven Lorenz or anybody else on. It's just us That's three a- morons sitting here in front of these microphones. But you know what, though? There will be double the amount of people on the podcast next week. Oh, God. That's right. It's going to be it's gonna be an interesting one. Yeah. It's going to be a banger. Press time. Not really. We're going to be great. Uh, really excited about that one. Yeah. All right. So this week, we are missing Hurricanes hockey. <laughs> I've been pretty bored, honestly. Um, I did get some writing done, at least. I've been slacking on that for a while now, so I'm glad. But uh, this isn't the Brandon Hour. We're going to talk about some things. We've got Evander Kane news. We are going to talk about the newest Carolina Hurricanes goaltender. And we are going to look ahead to the Columbus and Vancouver games to finish things out. So, we'll start with the biggest news of the week in Carolina Hurricanes land. And that is the 2016 third-round draft pick goaltender Jack LaFontaine has been signed to his entry-level deal. It's just a one-year deal, which I thought was interesting. Um, It's because of his age. He's 24, so he's only eligible to sign for one year. Okay, see, that's what I was going to ask. I thought it was something like that. Thank you for clarifying. Um, But, yeah, it was a one-year deal, so he will actually be a restricted free agent at the end of this season. Um, But, I mean, obviously the Hurricanes are very desperate for help at the position. Uh, They're down to two guys between the AHL and NHL. They've been – bringing in these guys on PTOs to fill in down in Chicago, who have actually performed pretty admirably, one of which was actually a kid I grew up playing with, Billy Christopoulos. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Matt pointed that out to me today. Um, but, yeah, it's a really good opportunity for him to get professional playing time. Um, you know, I don't really want to talk about Minnesota State of Hockey and all those, you know, terrible-ass takes about why is this kid bailing on his team in the middle of the season. The kid got paid 90 grand to turn professional and actually has a chance to play in the NHL for a Stanley Cup contender. Exactly. In I, that's, I don't want to hear anything else. Well, it's, it's so frustrating, right? Like, you know, he got his degree. Right. This is his sixth year of, like, this has been his sixth season since he was drafted. He's 24 years old. It's pretty much now or never for the NHL. Yeah. I'm like, 
yeah, he could he could have signed with either the Hurricanes or not the Hurricanes after the season. But like, here's the thing, man: you get the opportunity to at least get one NHL game to show what you can do with you know at the NHL level, right? I can think of worse defenses to play behind to make you look better, you know? Even without Slavin, right? Like, this is still a very good team. Yeah, the defense does does not look very good. Well, the defense looks fine, man. Like, we've got five other defensemen on this team that are good. Brendan Smith, you know, well... Brendan Smith sucks at hockey. He sucks, yeah. But, like, yeah, but... You know, like there are even without Slavin, though, you've got five other defensemen on this roster that are good and, you know, should be able to help minimize the damage. I think the the thing that I don't get is why people are calling him like selfish as if they would have turned down an instant almost $90,000 plus an NHL paycheck for at least one game and the chance to play in the NHL and the chance to play for a Stanley Cup potentially. Whereas, like, you're not getting paid anything in college. He, he's not, it's not like he's getting his degree right now, right? He's, he, he graduated. He was a graduate player. He got what he wanted out of college. And then the other thing, it's like, well, the Hurricanes, like, took him away and let down, you know, all these players and coaches, which was from the Notre Dame men's hockey coach, which is ridiculous. It's like, you don't think Jack talked to his teammates first? and made an informed decision talk to his coaches it's like his teammates were happy for him you play for the one goal of making it to the nhl right yeah and when one of your teammates gets there like you should be happy and it's like i feel like and it it might not even be that hockey media is mad at jack i think what they like to do is they like to paint the hurricanes as the villains right like because of small market teams doing well, they have to be like the dastardly villains of the NHL, where like nothing they can do is you know brought in a good light. Like yeah, signing Tony D'Angelo, that's actually like a you know not good thing, right? Oh, no, no one's like, understandable, but right for for but what like these the people Kokiniemi are complaining about and saying that we're like the worst for like being spiteful, and then like you know pulling Jack Lafontaine, like paying him. The problem wouldn't exist if colleges paid their players, right? Like, uh, my thing is this: I mean, for a, Jack Lafontaine, right now, <laughs> like for Jack Lafontaine as a hockey player, especially with his future in the Hurricanes organization, it's for me, it's really hard to envision a better situation or scenario for him than he's getting right now, because you figure if he waited till the end of this season, the Hurricanes are pretty set in goal for next year like we can all assume that he's not going to be in the NHL with the Hurricanes next year they have Freddie Anderson and in Toronto under contract and both those guys have played good and maybe exceeded the expectations we had for them so there's no reason right now to assume that neither of those guys would be back next year and then you look beyond that and the depth in the organization where Itumaki Niemi has come in and he's been brilliant um, in Chicago might be coming over Exactly. And you have Peter Kochikov, who is on loan in the KHL. He's been getting better as we've gone along here uh, during the season. And you've got to figure that both of those guys next year, 
probably figured to be in Chicago. And if you're Jack LaFontaine and you sign at the end of the season, you're in a tough you're, you're you're in a pretty tough spot because you've got guys that are already proven at the pro level that you're going to be competing for playing time with in Chicago. And like you mentioned, he's 24, 25. He's not a guy who wants to sit on the bench. He's not a guy who wants to go down and play in the ECHL and kind of work his way up. He's not a guy that has two to four years of development still in front of him. I mean, he realistically wants to play now. And if it's not in the a- in the NHL, then he probably wants a legitimate role in the AHL. And it's kind of hard to see that um, for LaFontaine moving forward. But now he comes in because of the injuries ahead of him. And now he's going to get a chance. He's already practicing with the NHL team. He's probably going to get into a couple games. Um, so he's got a chance to not only show himself, uh, to prove himself to the Hurricanes and say, you know, this is what I can do. But he's also showcasing himself to the league where he's in the in a program that has a ton of depth at the position. And it's not only a audition for the Hurricanes' organization. He might get a shot somewhere else if he can't really carve out a role here because of how many bodies are in front of him. So to for anybody to really fault this guy for leaving college now when this is probably the best opportunity you're going to get as a college player where you're stepping right into the NHL, collecting a check, um, and you have the opportunity to get in games today. It's just, it, it's, it's ridiculous that anybody would question him or fault him or try and make him the villain for doing so, or the hurricanes organization for that matter. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. Like it's ridiculous. And, you know, I feel like people just, like I said, you know, people just want to hate the canes. That's what it is. It's like, they're just looking for reasons to hate the canes because they're a good fun team that, everybody enjoys and everybody likes to have fun with and yet you know some people just will never be happy about anything and I what I've learned like especially recently is like just kind of let them be miserable especially about stuff like this yeah I don't think you can find one college kid who if he was put in the same position as LaFontaine wouldn't have done the exact same thing that he did like not a single nobody nobody's sitting here and calling Trevor Trevor Zegers didn't leave in the middle of his season, right? But he left at the end of his year. And nobody's sitting here calling him selfish for not staying an extra year to maybe help BU win a championship. Nobody... Well, these like, don't, ultimately, these kids don't really care about winning it. I mean, they do, but they want to go play NHL in the NHL. drafted kids want to play in the NHL. Exactly. And some of the unsigned college kids want to play in the nhl too everybody does i mean no, the undrafted kids if they get offered twenty thousand dollars they're leaving school that day yeah like and that's the thing it's like you can't fault this guy and i feel like i feel like it's also people just kind of being jealous it's yeah. like, to me minnesota yes they they split the season series with michigan and they're currently the top team in the big 10 however i don't think the Big Ten every single year has like a ton of promise in college hockey and just doesn't do anything with it. Michigan would probably steamroll Minnesota if they were fully healthy. Yeah. Or as I put it, dog walked. And then Minnesota fans were like, um, actually, um, did you know we've split the season series with Michigan so far? We're one and one <laughs> in two meaningless hockey games. And um, we're currently um, first in the Big Ten. You do that way too well. Yeah. 
I do. <laughs> it's like Jack LaFontaine was like, he's like, this is the easiest path to the NHL. I'm going to take it. I've graduated. I'm so thankful for Minnesota. Whatever, man. Yeah. I'm happy for Jack. Like, this is such a good opportunity for him. Like, in the big picture, what does he really have left to do at Minnesota? If he stayed, what would be, would have been the purpose of him staying there? He didn't have anything to prove after last year and probably could have gotten more money. And argu- yeah, he you. arguably hurt himself by going back because his performance hasn't been to the level it was last year. I mean, I know the knock against him this year. and I've only seen a couple of games, so you would probably know a little better than me, but his rebound control has been very shaky this year. Um, his rebound control has always been a little iffy, but like. But noticeably bad this year. And as at his age, at, at the college level, like. Mm. His defense also just isn't good at clearing. So like part of it's also on the defense, you know. That is something like, the Hurricanes are pretty good at though. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, if he gives up rebound, like Antiranta can give up a lot of rebounds. But the yeah. Canes are really good at clearing out the puck. Reimer so was why... terrible about it. Oh, God, yeah. Reimer kicked him right back into the slot most of the time and still had great numbers here. Yeah, so that's that's why I'm like inclined to believe it won't be as much of an issue. Like I said, the Hurricanes are a really good team to show what you have at the NHL level on because their defense is so good. My biggest question for LaFontaine is his upside. Like, yeah. I don't know if I view him as an NHL starter, which is that's what I'm curious to see about is like how long his trial is. Obviously, with Ranta, you know, coming back relatively soon, I think it was, he said, I'm not mistaken. Said more than a few days is the word. So let's see. We don't know exactly. So, like a week or two. So, you know, LaFontaine might get one, two games, maybe. Maybe three. you know, I do want to talk about this for a second, though, because, like, obviously Anderson's still here. He's going to get as many starts as he can. And then, I mean, is this, like, an indictment on Alex Lyon? Because I feel like, no, he wasn't great last game, but he wasn't really bad either. So, but here's the thing. Like, if you don't have to play Anderson, like, let's take a look at the teams the Canes are playing next. Columbus, Vancouver, Boston. Or the next three. Anderson's getting Boston. Yeah. <laughs> We're playing Vancouver Columbus. without Elias Patterson. I could easily yeah, see. Yeah, that's probably where LaFontaine should go. I could see LaFontaine starting on Saturday. Oh, it's a one o'clock game. Mm. I made lunch plans. I should probably cancel those. <laughs> um, dedication. I think I think he starts against Vancouver. I can't see. I think yeah. Blue Jackets on Thursday is a little too soon. We have scored twelve goals in two games against the Blue Jackets, so it's not the worst idea in the world. <laughs> yeah, but also divisional only, opponent though. I don't yeah, know. he's only had one practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah Saturday I makes think, more sense. I think he gets Vancouver on Saturday. But don't you think then, this is just like the same case as so many other times we've seen, like with with Jardis? We're going to hype this up. We're going to be excited about it. And then Alex Lyon's going to start. Well, they, this, this could be one of those things where we don't see him for like a week or two, but the Canes did say they want to at least get him into a couple games. I remember hearing about that. I, man, well, that's a different regime. Never mind. I'm not going to make that counterpoint I was about to make. <laughs> yeah, Wait, no, those, that was this regime with Nadal, Nadalovich. 
They hated no. it. They always they should wanted to see what they had and never started it. Well, <laughs> anyway, I mean, I'm just know, talking. What, I'm, I'm what thinking. they had in him, you know, I don't know. But like, you look at the Canes' schedule after like Boston. You've got the Rangers, the Devils, the Golden Knights, the Sens, and then the Devils again. I could see him starting either of those Devils games or the Senators. Depending, yeah, uh, depending on when Ronta um, is available again. Either way, and, I think I think they they move Lyon back down and keep him on the taxi, uh, keep Lafontaine on the taxi squad. Yeah, see, I was gonna I was gonna assume that Lyon would be on the taxi squad because he doesn't really need to play at his age. Um, Either, and Lafontaine, I mean, yeah. if if Maki Niemi isn't back, then you know Lafontaine can go to Chicago and get some starts there. Um, That's true. Yeah, a war to get or, some more tape out. Maki's out for a few weeks. I know mm-hmm. Warren broke his ankle, so I don't know what the timeline is for him. Uh, I don't Do, really, I, I don't, really I don't like Warren, but I'm saying, Warm, like, yeah, you I know, don't just, consider him in that mix either. Just the goalies that have, like, you know, are under yeah. contract. Yeah, yeah. Dylan Wells uh, just got off of COVID protocol, so he got called up by Chicago tonight, actually, as we're recording. He's terrible, isn't he? He's, he's actually like, fine in the AHL level the problem is the Canes just have a lot of those goalies so yeah. I don't know I guess the, the point is like I'm excited to see what we have in LaFontaine um it's one of those things where I don't know I don't know what to expect I have no expectations because it's like you know I've seen both good and bad from LaFontaine with Minnesota so you know yeah you know what um considering how his career went with Michigan I never thought he would get anywhere near this point. Never. Um, I, I literally completely wrote him off. So the fact that he's even here um, is, you know, a testament to his character and how he's persevered and, you know, overcame a lot of the adversity against him. And, you know, it's obviously a great opportunity for the kid um, in a great organization and, you know, with a great defense in front of him. So if there's anywhere that he can really make it work, it's probably here. Um you know, but we got to see what he can do. I want to see at least two or three starts. Like that's my goal. Is that would be a ideal. Of, yeah. I think we talked enough about LaFontaine. We're pretty excited to see uh, what the Hurricanes have there. Um, you know, he's had his, his struggles this year, obviously, as we've discussed. Um, but it's always interesting when, or exciting when uh, you see a young player that the team has drafted and, well, not really developed because he's been in college, but sort of, you know, he's still in their development pipeline. So. It's always exciting to see when they finally burst through and make it to the NHL. So that'll be something to watch for in the coming days. Um, All right. Up next, something that is going to fall more in the annoying to talk about categories, but it's still something that's important to talk about. I would say the Edmonton Oilers, thank God they are the ones that signed him and not the Carolina Hurricanes because we... All three of us were kind of discussing that it was not going to be good if the Hurricanes thought that they, you know, Tony D'Angelo proved they have the strong enough room to do it kind of thing. Um, I thought there was a real chance of that. You know, it was reported that they did have interest. I really honestly hope that was more along the lines of due diligence, like a talented player is available for cheap. You got to at least check in on it. I understand that part of the business, but I hope they're, it doesn't really matter. I guess at the end of the day, they didn't sign them. but anyway, he's headed to Edmonton. Uh, Connor McDavid was on the mic saying the most boring, dumb things I've ever seen in my life about it. 
<laughs> you guys yeah, that that was again. that was not a good look for McDavid. I'm gonna no, be honest. That it, it that was probably the worst route he could have taken. Yeah, he's getting absolutely dragged. Um, Deservedly, as, but as he should. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, he was basically just like, "Oh, I don't get paid to talk about stuff like that." It's uh, lots of things happen on the ice that fans don't like. So you know, uh, it's all about making us a better hockey team. So, oh God, it, it was it was really bad. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah. I'm relieved. Let me just say that I am. I am relieved because I was talking to my coworkers who probably did not give a single shit um, about the situation because look where I'm at. Right. And I rant to my coworkers about hurricane hockey. So, you know, forgive me, but I was of the notion that, and, you know, based on the track record, it's obvious that we should be that the hurricanes are going to investigate any situation that they can get even an ounce of, of money value out of regardless right. of, you know, the player in question, as we've seen with Tony D'Angelo, if they have a bargain out there who can come in and help the team, Tom Dunnan is going to explore it. And Evander Kane is a hockey player. Let's be honest. He is, he would help this group. There's no doubt in my mind about it. It's, it would be basically like having another Nino writer who has, an enforcer type presence about him. He can score 30 goals. Um, he can beat people's faces in. Like he is a quality player to have. But, you know, with the track record of the TDA situation and the fact that Evander Kane has made a mess of, you know, everything that was good, that was going well for him over the past, I don't know, two years or so now, I guess you can say. And He's got a dated history that goes all the way back to even like his Atlanta days. This isn't something that's just kind of came up. It's just been swept under the rug for so long that it finally kind of caught up to him. Well, and a lot of um, his teammates hated him. Yeah. Remember they, when the Evander Kane drama was when he wore a tracksuit to practice? Yeah. It's just the the entire He's drama. Yeah, yeah it, you don't want him in he, your room. He doesn't bring anything good with him anymore, man. It's like and constantly we're not even there's mentioning, like except with his wife like yeah the sexual assault and the, the gambling and all the gambling the stuff and setting on his the, own games the, like domestic abuse like the, the the alleged gambling problems and the alleged like betting on his own game stuff yep. it's like now granted like you know that was a very messy divorce yeah like and it was broadcast on social media which you know, is the other thing. It's like teams shouldn't want a player that brings that much bad attention to their team. Like, it, it seems like ever since Kane, God, as long as I can remember, it's been something with him. And it was like just as he started to like just kind of quiet down and play hockey, it's like shit suddenly hit the fan there was the whole like bankruptcy thing you know it was just like all turned to shit from there so part of me is like glad that the oilers are the ones that are likely going to sign him and part of me is also like you know this raises other problems with hockey it's like how many chances are enough or like is there any is there any such thing as too many chances for you know, a player that could help your team win even one more hockey game. Yeah, well, well we shouldn't we know, be. Surprised we we know that, hockey like, culture is shot. Exactly, and it's like we. That's don't what I'm saying. No, we, we we've learned by now that it's it's not about 
who they are off the ice. If, if this can make you a better team on the cheap, especially somebody is going to take a chance. And lots of somebody's probably would have, if it wasn't the Oilers, it would have been somebody else. Yeah, but nobody likes Brendan about Lemieux, this, but he's still a player on the NHL. Yeah. The part that I think is funny about this is a, a lot of hand wringing would have to be done to convince everybody in your front office to bring in a player like this. Cause they, I, I guarantee there's some people in the front office that don't want. So do we really know, think Edmonton is the team. place that like, did they have the room that's going to keep Evander Kane in check? No, because Connor McSavid's. Well, and that's, and you know what? This is what I was going to bring up. We're apparently going to turn into an Edmonton Oilers part-time podcast because we're talking about. Yeah, we were a week. I was going to say, Matt, kudos to you because we were a week ahead last week. We (laughs) we foresaw this coming. You know what I mean? We we were in the There was something I was mentioning that I was like, I I, want to bring up sort, sort of a hot take. And it's really not even a hot take, especially now I'm like realizing it's not a hot take at all. Connor McDavid is the best player on the planet. He is a dog shit leader. And I wouldn't have him as my captain if I was the GM, coach, whatever. He's just not. Like, <laughs> and this is something I learned a long time ago. This maybe shouldn't have brought this up because it's going to sound kind of braggy. But I got pissed off when I wasn't a captain of a hockey team at one point, And my coach had to explain to me, dude, just because you're, you're a good player on the team <laughs> doesn't mean you should be the captain. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing here. Like, just because he's the best player on the, the planet, Canes. what what is he the captain for? Yeah, look at the Canes. Jordan Stahl's the captain. He's by no means the exactly. best player on this team. And he hasn't yeah. been since he's been here. Yeah, he's you know, very you, important you piece raise a great he's point. He's been the on-ice leader, and that's why he's deserved the C. Yeah. Anyway. I think the one thing that that I'm laughing about the most with this situation is, like, the Oilers – like from a purely hockey standpoint are bringing in a player that can add scoring depth to a team that desperately needs it. Right. Yeah. But then you see people are like, (laughs) and I can't even, I can't even say this without laughing. Right. You've got people who are like, you should have fixed the goaltending. And then you've got the (laughs) other half of Twitter. That's like, you should have fixed the defense, (laughs) but they also should have fixed their scoring. And it's like the Oilers are so bad at and this is what we said last week they're so bad at constructing a roster that they literally need help everywhere and bringing in evander kane isn't gonna make a difference that's it that's all i wanted to say before we get into anything else we are a proud part of the hockey podcast network so we're gonna take a minute and get a quick word from DraftKings. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 to win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for in this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Just bet $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. Yes, Alex joined in this week. I like it. Come on. <laughs> Love it. I want some more of it. Oh. All right. So, upcoming two games. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets are next on the docket. We're finally getting some more Canes hockey on Thursday night, probably tonight by the time you guys are here. Let's hope so. Let's Allegedly. hope so. so yeah. Oh, God, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, Columbus is a team that the Hurricanes have matched up well against this year, mostly because they matched up well against both teams because they're really, really good and the Blue Jackets aren't that great. Um, it's a home game. They've scored 12 goals in two games against them. Let's see some offense, boys, eh? Well, um, big change for the Blue Jackets with, you know, Gregory Hoffman, Kane's legend, <laughs> heading back Huge home. loss, devastating can't, loss. Uh, can't, can't say I'm surprised if we're going to be um, dead honest about it. I mean, I'm gonna he call seems you like he's been that. drama too, can't, like his whole can't career. Can't say right? I'm too, too surprised. I mean, I was optimistic. I was optimistic, but let's be honest. Anybody who can skate like that, you you always have a sense of optimism about, yeah. um. But I I, I it, there's a, it just shows you the gap between the NHL and you know the Swiss League where he's a top scorer there and in the NHL he's a marginal fourth liner. Yeah, I was gonna say he was like an okay fourth liner on a bad team. The problem that I had was that you know, I mean he he was always like this. It always seemed like he was wanting to stay at home and he just was content with chilling in Switzerland and playing hockey there, which is fine. If I was an NHLer, man, I just want to be at home. (laughs) Yeah, you you honestly can't blame him. I mean, the Swiss League for local players, he's from Switzerland. It's really good, and they've got a really good travel schedule. Very good, exactly. He he just had a daughter. Right. Like That's that's the thing. I was just like, especially with COVID – Exactly. And especially with COVID right now, like with travel being so uncertain, like who knows one moment, you know, we could be facing another shutdown and then all of a sudden he can't get back to, you know, his home country and see his newborn daughter. It is what it is. The Canes will gladly take the seventh round pick from Columbus for that. You know, I like, might get another Billy Ross in it. Come on. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta love it. Or at the very you gotta, least, you gotta love the Seeley. potential. I was going to say, we could get a Rodin Seeley or an Alexander Passion or a Joel Nystrom, like <laughs> Igor Nomov or Billy Rassen. <laughs> <laughs> the Hurricanes do identify talent better than any team in the league. So anytime we get a seventh round pick, fans of most teams are going to be like, eh, whatever. I feel like we're like, oh, that's a, that's a lottery ticket. Beauty. Right there, yeah, man. beauty. I'm actually going to the Vancouver game on Saturday. So that's the game I'm more excited for this week. Um, I was able to get tickets. My fiance and I just like, you know, with, with her working and me like working most games games, we just don't get to go to hockey games anymore. So I'm excited. Nice. I'm happy for you there, buddy. I want to go to my, we'll see. I haven't been, me and my dad always used to go. I want to go with my dad. I know my dad in so long. They're good tickets. They're cheap. He might've got some, cause he was asking me, I still haven't seen him. His birthday was in November and that's when I first caught COVID. Uh, yeah, I still I haven't, haven't seen him. And I feel like, I don't know if I should even say this on the pod because especially I would feel bad if that's not what he got me, but that might be what he got me for Christmas. Cause like he was asking what I wanted. I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't want anything. Let's, I want to go to a hockey game. We need to go to a hockey game again. Get us hockey tickets. So I'm hoping he got some. I'm supposed to see him next week. So fingers crossed. 
Anyway. Yeah, how's Vancouver even doing at this point? Because the, they got Bruce Boudreaux, and, like, when they first picked him up, they were, like, red hot. They beat the Hurricanes. Um, and where they won, like, a bunch of games in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I know they had a COVID pause, and now they're without Elias Pettersson, obviously. So Hurricanes should be able to exact a little revenge there. Um, well, the, the Canucks got um... – Checked from behind last night against the Panthers, five to two. <laughs> um, That's a good one, Matt. But they've won. Your intro. <laughs> They're three, one, and one in their last five. And then prior to that, they they actually, wow. I mean, they they were they came off of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It was a seven game win streak that they had. Um, they've been red hot. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how the Canes match up against a team that's done really, really well. Over that win streak, they beat the Kings once. They beat the Bruins, which, you know, the Bruins are a good team. The Jets, I still don't believe in the Jets. The Canes, the Ducks even. And then they've also beaten the Sharks, the Blue Jackets, and the Canucks. Or the Kraken, excuse me. So like, you know, eh. Can you guys believe that Elias Pettersson is averaging less than half a point per game? He has, he yes. has 17 points in 35 games. Wow. That's pretty surprising. Yeah. And he is playing almost three and a half minutes per game on the power play. That is impressive. Overrated. That's it's pretty, bad. pretty bad. It's bad. It's like, it's like so bad that it's kind of like impressive given his... Skill level. Skill level, yeah. Like how... Just everything, yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, I just want to see uh, the player that should have been the number one pick in the 2018 draft destroy the player that should have been the second pick in the 2018 draft again. Remember when Quinn special Hughes? called Hughes for that game winner that one time? Mm. Yeah, you, 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 know what's, you know what's bad? When, um, when Jacob Slavin has more points than Elias Pettersson. Slavin's in in less games played. Doer. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's bad. Seriously? Wow. Pedersen, Pedersen wow. is a player that has all the talent in the world, but really no support. Yeah. And I feel like right now he's just kind of getting very tired of that. He's got JT Miller. Connor Garland. Right. Oliver Ekman Larson. <laughs> sorry. Vasily Podkolzin. I like Podkolzin. Yeah, so do I. He has has some support, but it feels like, you know, Vancouver is just such a thin team. They feel a lot like Edmonton. Edmonton, yeah, I was going to say, like, when you're playing Alex Chason in your top six, you've got problems. They still have better depth than Edmonton. (laughs) (laughs) But they don't have the star power. No, they don't. Well, I mean, to be fair, no other team in the league has the star power. Like not even Washington or Pittsburgh. That's what makes Edmonton so damn stupid. I'm excited for these next two games. I think it's going to be weird without Slavin out. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the D pairs. Like, who is your number one pairing? Is it is it just Shea and Pesci by default? Like, who's going to play with D'Angelo? Like, Cole? Does Ethan Bear get more? He should get a lot more ice time, I would think. Um, yeah. And start to get some of those tougher matchups. But... Now, oh, no, man. Brendan Smith, Smith is now. apparently better than Ethan. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, no. Sorry. I had, the to air, I had to air that one. 
I know that Somebody was the funniest. That? I yeah, saw that and see, I was like, I, some guys oh said that in my comment section. He had the nerve. He he had the nerve to claim Ethan Bear is the worst defenseman on the Hurricanes, and he should be sitting for Brendan Smith. And I think he put Chatfield, or was it Lajoie? He he added one of them in there too. Oh, I wish they'd. Is where is Chatfield? Is he? I'd, I'd rather Taxi see. Squad. I'd rather see Chatfield than Smith. Smith. Yeah, me too. Oh. Any day. Well, folks, I think that's about all we have for you this week. Bit of a light episode because, I mean, the only thing was really to talk about was LaFontaine signing, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, next week, though, we have not one, not two, but three guests for you. We are bringing back one of our most popular guests, actually. Carolina Hurricanes assistant general manager Eric Tolsky for an interview segment. He was oh, awesome the last update. time. Yeah, like a mid-season update kind of thing. He was awesome the last time we had him. Can't wait to have him back Bits. on. And we've got two members of the Chicago Wolves in Jack Drury and Jameson Reese. And I know oh, Brandon's pants got tighter <laughs> as soon as I said that. It is. I sent that message today and I just know that happened. Brandon is so excited for this one. Of course I am. It's my boy. <laughs> but folks, we want to thank you for all your support. It has almost been one year of the Tracking the Storm podcast. In a couple weeks, we'll actually, or I guess three weeks from now, we'll be celebrating one year of TTS. It's it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks with all the goalie injuries, but you know what? In spite of all that, it's still a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. <laughs>